because he lives all his faith. Father, tonight as we approach your throne of mercy and grace, we're so grateful and thankful to you, Lord, for the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. Lord, he took upon him our sins, our sorrows, our problems, our sicknesses, and he had to die to bring us salvation. Tonight we're rejoicing in our spirit because he's not in the grave, he's not in the tomb, but he has resurrected. And because he lives, we know we can face tomorrow. We can face every challenge that lies ahead. Thank you tonight, Lord, for salvation that you've given us. And Lord, we are so grateful that we can turn to you in times of need, in times of sicknesses, in times when we face problems or challenges, God, so unbearable. We can turn to you for your help. You never fail. Loved ones around us would fail. Lord, physicians would fail. Oh, Lord, politicians would fail. But Jesus never fails. And I thank you so much tonight. Lord, tonight I pray that you'll please remember every one of your children that are not well. Some that are faced with sicknesses and problems in their lives, oh God. Those have lost loved ones. Oh, Father, those that are away right now from church. For whatever reason, Father, we pray tonight that you'll reach down your hand of mercy, your hand of grace, and your hand of compassion. Touch their minds and their hearts, O oh God. Let there be a restoration of their zeal and enthusiasm and their love for you, Father. We pray tonight, God, that you'll give us the strength to face every day ahead of us. Lord, we need you more than ever, especially in the times we're living in, we need you. Lord, tonight also we want to remember those families and individuals around the world that are suffering because of wars and the different problems that they're having, especially, Lord, in the Mideast tonight. Lord, little ones that are suffering and dying. and Oh, God, they're not able to, to find cure or an answer for the problems that they're encountering. But tonight we pray for mercy. Oh, God, we pray for us here tonight that you'll give us a burden in our hearts. A burden for your work. Oh Lord, help us to be more active and more dedicated and committed to your work. Oh Lord, we pray that you'll help us to, and that our eyes would never go blind, but rekindle that flame within us, that Lord, we can have that zeal and enthusiasm for the things that pertain unto life, God. We love to read your scriptures. We'll memorize the scriptures. We listen to your words that you've given us and hide them deep in our hearts that we may not sin against thee. Let your word become a light unto our feet. O oh God, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths, we pray. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name, bless our service tonight, bless our service tomorrow, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' most precious and wonderful name. <clears throat> amen and amen and amen. Please be seated. It's always a good time to be in church. I, I love the idea of being here and, and listening to individuals speak and to, to listen to the songs and, uh, and to get involved. Uh, sometimes he leads me by still waters, the song we sang tonight, and 
Uh, it's, um, it's a song that was designed to be a testimony. I'm telling you, sometimes he leads me by still waters. And sometimes down paths I do not know. Sometimes he leads me through the valleys. Which is not a real good experience. And you and I know that some of us have gone through some real hard times in life. And it's not pleasant. But he says, but where he leads me, his grace that flow. And I turn that testimony song around and I try to make it more personal. And I says, Lord, I'm, I'm singing it to him now. I says, Lord, sometimes you lead me by still waters. And sometimes, Lord, you lead me down paths I do not know. And there are times in our lives that we, uh, we feel good. Uh, today was a good day for me, personally. I, uh, there's very seldom a day that, uh, that, uh, that you feel good, the uh, entire day. But today was a good day for me. And I felt good. Uh, there are times in which when you wake up, uh, there are individuals that I've heard of that uh, would wake up uh, on a weekday and uh, dread to go out in the traffic and dread to go to the job uh, for fear of what's going to happen uh, of the unknown <clears throat> and you know what we have we have learned so much about god in this assembly we have learned so much about him that he is in control of all things every situation uh, uh, Jesus was talking, I think, in one of the Gospels when he said, he says, uh, we need not to worry. Take no thought of tomorrow. He says, let tomorrow take care of itself. He says, sufficient is the suffering and the, and the pain today. And we need not to worry. He says, he takes care of the, the birds of the air and, and the, the, the flowers of the field and lilies of the valley. He takes care of all of that. And much less you and I, who are more precious in his sight, but uh, because of our humanity, and, and uh, we are all human beings, and we will be human beings until we draw our last breath and go down to the grave, <clears throat> there will be times in which there would be dis discouragement, and there would be fear. But those are the times and when we need to, when we encounter those, uh, th those things in life, that we turn to Him. Remember things we need to remember, the lessons we've had in the past. Uh, I think on Wednesday night, uh, even though it was uh, it was designed basically for to talk about uh, uh, being addicted to to serving, uh, it it, uh, it had a lot to do with remembering things. And uh, the the scripture says, "My son," he says, "forget not my law." I think was it uh, that Solomon had wrote in the in the Proverbs, might have been the third chapter of Proverbs, I think it was, and he says, "My son," he says, "forget not my law." Uh, there's there's uh, much importance in remembering God's law and his precepts and his commandments. And as human beings, we tend to forget so many times the things that we were taught in the word of God. And one of the reasons why I would forget things is one, it's because not the health issues. It could be in health issues when we forget things too. But one of the reasons why a lot of people forget things is that they did not listen attentively to begin with. Uh, they did not pay attention. They did not uh, register uh, uh, in their minds. And so before you know it, when they, they finish the service is over, uh, they forget everything that was done or said in the church, in the service. 
But when we get involved and we get engaged in whatever lessons is being taught in the, in, in, in the, in the service, uh, we, we need to apply ourselves to that. And don't let it go in the notes and remain in the notes. And that is one of the reasons why uh, we, we have a notebook and we take notes and we have our Bibles open up uh, to follow the scriptures. Visual is very important for our memory sometimes. And so when we look at the scripture, we see the scripture uh, that is read and we follow those scriptures and we take notes of that. It'll sink down eventually. And that's not it. When the service is over, we go home and we go over the notes and we pray that God would help us never to forget what we have heard. Because these lessons that we're receiving from here, uh, they're designed to save us. Uh, to protect us, uh, to secure our future, because we don't know what lies ahead. We are living in such bad times now. Uh, you look at the television, the, the news, and we not to uh, put a lot of focus on television, uh, on the news. Uh, but do you look at CNN and uh, what's happening in the Mideast right now with the, the, the families and and homes are being bombed and hospitals are being destroyed and, and all that's happening right now it looks like we're looking at a movie doesn't it looks like it's a movie but it's reality when you put yourself i put myself in that position where i have to leave my home and the luxury of my home and run in the street just grab a, a few clothing piece of clothing and and some, maybe some things in my importance to me and, and, and run in the street because I'm not sure where the next bomb is going to go. Run for your life. That's not at all. But when a father is grabbing his little kid in his hand and, and, and legs are torn apart and, and limbs are ripped apart and he's running, where is he going to run to? Uh, there's not a 911 that he can dial for help, but he is running. Us in North America, we don't know yet what it is to suffer. We don't know uh, to face some of the challenges that some of these countries around the world face. We've got it good. Now is the best time to serve God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls. No time for us to play with the church, play church or or mess around with the things pertaining to God. When he says, he says, my son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandment. And uh, for us to let the heart, you see up here, when we memorize the scriptures up here, it's one thing, but that's just knowledge. But when that uh, scriptures and the, the laws of God and move from on top of here from the mind and the head and goes right down to the heart mm -hmm. it becomes wisdom and it's a source of direction for every one of us when we do something that's not right in the sight of God we feel guilty and we feel convicted it's good to feel guilty it's good to get conviction it tells me that uh, I'm getting to a place where God can work in my life and he's putting that there so I know what's right for what's wrong you know there are individuals today that don't know what's right and what's wrong or what's good and what's evil because they have they have been, been engaged in so many activities in life uh, and so many wrong things that they don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore they don't know what's light 
and what's darkness. And sometimes people would feel what they are doing, religious people now I'm talking about, would feel that whatever they are doing is light. And that what God looks at that, he finds that that's darkness. And uh, no wonder it says, it, it might have been in, in uh, one of the gospels, it says, and if the light in thee, in the, it's, uh, if you feel that light is in thee, uh, but it is darkness, he says, how great is that darkness? When God looks at that, what seemed to be light, but it's not light, and he, he condemns that as darkness, how great would be that darkness? And that is why we want to pray that God would touch our understanding and God would touch our minds and open our hearts uh, to receive the Word of God. I find that these, this, these services we are streaming, uh, they are very valuable to everyone that's listening. And let's pray that this would never ever become too common. That it's uh, oh it's just uh, it's uh, just a Saturday night and oh we just uh, it's just a Sunday at the streaming I can always get it back. There is nothing better than physically being in the sanctuary when we have church. Yeah. Say that again. There's nothing better. No listening to tapes and recordings, uh, services, or live streaming anywhere. It's better than when we sit here and come together and we serve God together in church. When you can lift your hands up, you have got the liberty to lift your hands up and worship God. We've got the freedom to sing and worship God and talk about God and read the scriptures. We've got the liberty that God has given us. And we ought to thank God for this opportunity that we have. And we not to forget. He says, let your heart keep my commandments. You see, sometimes we remember things that we need to forget. <laughs> have you ever thought about your past life? That you have gone years and years before you even found salvation. And that evil life. And then somebody, when you have salvation and you get saved and you come to church. And somebody comes up to you that, know, uh, that knew you from back then. And, and talk about and bring that up to your mind. And says, were you not the same person that blah, 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 whatever. Done such a, such a thing. And you start, that thing bothers you. And you come up here in church and you fail to even lift your hands and worship God. Because you feel so condemned and so wretched. When you have been forgiven of your sins, you are forgiven. True. When God cleanses you from your sins, and that is why a child of God should never go to a psychiatrist for help. help. You see, a psychiatrist will put you down in their couch and dig up the things of the past, your childhood days. It would, he would ask you when you were a child, were you going through such and such an experience and things that you wouldn't even think about. He would dig those things up. When Paul said, the scripture says, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forget those things which are past. If Christ has set me free, he has cleansed me from all sins of the past. Then whosoever sins he's, he's forgiven, is forgiven indeed. Amen. And I'm glad for Jesus tonight. I'm glad for Calvary tonight. This time of the world, going on to December, they would be celebrating, the world would be celebrating the birth of Jesus. But I don't really care if what day he was born, what month he was born. I am happy and glad and thankful that he was born. He came into this world. And not only was he born in this world, 
He walked on this earth. And then he healed the sick and he helped those that were in need. He done so many miracles. I can read in the scriptures and I could be encouraged by every experience that I read in the miracles and, and the lives that he's touched in the word of God. I can read that. That is why my Bible becomes so personal to me. And to know that he has set me free. Therefore, whomsoever the Son of Man set free is free indeed. Tell the devil to get off your backs. That Christ has set me free. The blood that he shed on the cross was powerful enough to cleanse every sinner from their sins. And it's strong enough to protect us from the wiles and the snares of the enemy. So we need to remember things. Not to forget. Uh, remember uh, that uh, thou was a, a servant. Uh, uh, I think Moses was writing. He says, remember that I was a servant. In the land of Egypt. And the Lord thy God delivered thee with a mighty arm. I think it might have been in the. Is it the fifth chapter of Deuteronomy? He says here in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15. He says and remember that thou was a servant. In the land of Egypt. And that the Lord thy God brought thee out hence. Through a mighty hand. And by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee. To keep the Sabbath day. There are commandments that we need to remember. Remember thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nation, every nation, uh, the scripture says, uh, that forget God. And every nation, today, the, the nation of Israel, I don't know, I can't judge them, I don't know what they're going through, and I don't know what, uh, what, how much strong faith they have in God. But I know that they have not accepted the Lord Jesus. And in the future, they would have to accept Christ. And he's coming back to save that nation. But in the meantime, I should be careful what I'm talking about. You see, there's, there's, there's so much of advice going around right now. Everybody's got an opinion. If you're sick, they've got a, a remedy for it. You name the sickness and some people has got a remedy. Not the doctors only, but some. That's why Paul said, I think he said, he says, he says, how is it, brethren? When you come together, he says, every one of you had a song. He says, every one of you had a, a word. Every one of you have a testimony of some sort. Everybody had something to say about something. And we are living in an age right now that we need God to help us to examine, not our brothers and sisters. See, the lesson on Wednesday night is designed for us to show mercy on those around us, to get involved more in the work of God, and to look at ourselves and see where we have come short of where God can help us through our struggles in life. And you know, leave Deuteronomy 5, but over in the 6th chapter of Deuteronomy, uh, uh, there was another scripture talk about, uh, he says, uh, when it talks about your children, uh, children, a son shall ask thee uh, about these laws and these precepts and the commandments. He says, uh, verse, eight, verse 4 in Deuteronomy 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. With all thy soul and with all thy might. I examine myself today and ask myself the question. Do I really love the Lord with all my heart and all my soul and all my might? And the answer I have is no. But I've got hope. 
See, I've got a place where I can come to teach me the ways of God and how I could put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto thee. Then he says, bent on, it says, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of it when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And was it on Wednesday night we heard that if we keep the commandments of God, uh, the blessings of God would come and overtake us. You drive on the highway and you're driving and, and uh, you see a vehicle pass and overtakes another vehicle. Well, you keep the laws and the commandments and the precepts of God and the blessings of God would come in Deuteronomy the 28th chapter, was it? That would come and overtake you. But if you transgress God's law, there are consequences for transgressing God's law that we need to be familiar with and acquaint ourselves with that. Cursed would thou be in the field. Cursed shall be the, uh, the fruit of thy body and everything about it that God's going to curse. But I don't want that. Blessed is the man, the scripture says, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And when I listen to that, I, I says, where is the ungodly today? I wonder where, when God says, talk about the, the, the counsel of the ungodly. You know, sometimes the ungodly do have some good counseling. Uh, they can do some good counseling. But if God says, walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, I wonder where the ungodly is today. Is it, we have to go outside to the tavern or, or to one of the uh, casinos to find the ungodly. Being ungodly simply means we don't have God in our lives. I can attend church for years and years. I can sing the songs of God for years and years. I can be the faithful one coming to church for years. And if my relationship is not right with God, then I am ungodly. And God would have to help me put that conviction in my heart that I can Turn from my wicked ways. If my people which are called by my name. Shall humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. He says I'll hear from heaven. And I'll forgive their sins. And I'll heal their land. You know today I, I, I sat and I thought about it. And many a times I'll sit and think about it. Uh, our church in 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years ago. It was a different congregation. The faces were different. More people were here. And when we look back then, it, uh, we, we think about back then, there were heads here that's not here today. There were individuals back then that were faithful, and we look up to those individuals that are not here today. But we're in the present time. They're gone. And we think, I think about it now in the next 5, 10, 15 years from now. When we look over our congregation, if we have a church here still, would all these heads and individuals that we look at today, are they going to still be around in 20 years from now? We need to ask God for strength and mercy. See, I appreciate the lesson on Wednesday night. Don't wait until someone passes away. Then we bring a bunch of flowers to their grave or their funeral. Give them flowers when they're alive. Set a good example <clears throat> at home 
wherever we go. And Solomon, uh, 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 Moses went on to say here, he says, uh, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto their children. And went here down in verse, uh, verse 20, he says, And when thy son asked thee in the time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgment which the Lord our God commanded you? When your child come and ask you, says, You know what, that lesson that we had in church? What does it really mean? Now, if, you're, if you as a parent don't know what it means, don't try to give a child something that you don't know of. There are individuals here still that can provide the right translation or interpretation to scriptures. But when the, back then, when the, when the children asked their parents, what are these statutes? And what are these commandments? And what are these laws? And what are these precepts? What you shall say? He says, uh, he says uh, you'll continue to say, he says, And thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondsmen in Egypt. There is a testimony. Why you go to church? Why do you go to church on Sunday? Why do you serve God on Saturday? And you go to church on Wednesday. Why do you serve God and you pray so much? There is a testimony that we ought to tell and, uh, 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 and, and communicate with our children. We don't teach by a lecture or with a lecture. We teach by setting an example in the home. We many a times, many a parent would just instruct their child how to do things and what to do and where to go and, and, and how to live when their lives are not a reflection of God in, in that home. But may God help every one of us. As an elder, many a times when I examine my own life, I feel so condemned and so unqualified to even be part of the eldership or a ministry. But I have hope. Amen. This assembly has given me hope. Amen. And if I've got the hope, then there's hope for every one of you. If you've got a problem in your life that you find so hard, so like impossible to shake that habit. People condemn you and criticize you. Got a rock in your hand like that woman that was caught in the act of adultery, ready to stone. And that individual, ready to stone you and criticize you. Well, you know what? Don't be disappointed. Don't be discouraged. Jesus will never fail. Bring your needs to the altar. Bring all your needs and your burdens and your sicknesses and your problems at the altar. He'll put together the pieces, the song says, of a broken life. He'll put your life back together and you'll have a testimony. These are they that follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. And you shall tell your children, well, we were bondsmen, we were slaves in Egypt, but the Lord our God delivered us. He delivered us from the house, from the land of Pharaoh, and he brought us through the Red Sea. This, these are the testimonies. So we want to serve God for the rest of our lives. We cannot, tonight, saints, we cannot be thankful enough to God for all that he has done for every one of us. I woke up this morning, I lied on my bed, and I thought about the goodness of God. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, not my mouth cries out hallelujah. My soul my soul deep down inside my intellect, my sensibilities, my will cries out, Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the highest note of praise. 
thank God for saving me. Every one of us, we've got a, 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 a testimony. We've got something to thank God for. To rejoice in God and to thank Him for His mercy and His grace. Allow us to have righteousness. God likes, He loves righteousness and He hates iniquity. The scripture says, these six things that the Lord hate, a seven is an abomination unto Him. You know, I always thought the scripture says, the seventh is an abomination unto Him. But it actually says, yea, seven are abomination unto Him. An abomination is something distasteful in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. Something that God really wants, like to, in our language, He's going to puke at. And, and sometimes we do things that, uh, that God is displeased with. What does God really hate? And what's an abomination unto Him? The first one was, and, and we can leave, leave, leave Deuteronomy, but turn over here and it, it is, a, it is a sixth chapter of Proverbs. When uh, Solomon was writing here and talks about the things that God loves and the things that God hates. In Proverbs, the sixth chapter, if I can find that here now, Proverbs chapter six. It says here in, in verse uh, uh, 16, back up a little, he says, uh, a naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with the eye. He speaketh with his feet and teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness, frowardness is in his heart. He devised mischief continually. He soweth discord. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. Then verse 16 says, these six things that the Lord hate, a seven are abomination unto him, a proud look, number one. <clears throat> you know, sometimes I am so guilty of that, a proud look. Pride was the destruction of Lucifer. Pride has been the destruction of so many individuals around the world. Pride. God resisted the proud. The scripture says, might have been James. God resisted the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Because God saw them as being proud. Humble themselves. So a proud look God hates. He says, uh, the second one is a lying tongue. You know, there's, there's times when uh, I, uh, so individuals will say, well, you know, you know, I did such and such a thing and I'm doing such a... As a matter of fact, there are people that would testify even and lie. People would say, well, I didn't come to church tonight. I will not be in service tonight because I've got to work. I've got something and they lie. As a matter of fact, when people lie to me, I feel embarrassed. When I ask a person a question and I talk to someone and they lie to me, I, I, feel, I feel embarrassed myself. And I know they're lying. But there's something that God hates is a lying tongue. He says, uh, he says uh, God hates a lying tongue. Just speak, speak the truth with love at all times. And uh, he says, went on to say, hands that shed innocent blood. And this is really where I want to touch. Hands that shed innocent blood. Have you gone to a place, I've gotten to the place where uh, individuals would, would say wrong things and bad things about somebody else? The seven also is an abomination to the Lord. He that sowed discord among brethren. May God help us. The service we had on Wednesday night and the lesson we had on Wednesday night is to tell us how we need to serve one another. Be addicted to serving one another.
to look at a person, you don't look at their present condition, you look at the potential that God has in his hands to make that individual a person that's different than the world sees them. To see God can take that soul that's been wrecked by sin and marred by sin and put them on the potter's wheel and mold them back again into a vessel of honor and a vessel of glory. He says, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination, hands that shed innocent blood. Hold your finger there and uh, let's look at the scripture here in, in Hebrews, the, uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter, I think I want here. Uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Uh, when Paul was writing here in Hebrews chapter six, he says here in, uh, in chapter six of the book of Hebrews, um, he says in verse, verse 10, it says here, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. He says, uh, he went on to say, he says, uh, he says, which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Have you cleaned the church and feel that it's a waste of time? Have you served in the ushering department and you feel, oh, you have done so much and it's just a waste of time? Have you worked for the church and painted the walls and, and, and work in the dining room and you feel that, oh no, your reward is, is, is gone? Well, this scripture Paul is saying, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and the labor of love which you have showed towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know, every time you do something good to somebody, an individual in the church, you have, you have established yourself more in God. He would never forget that. He will always remember that. Hold your finger in, in, uh, in uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And over here, uh, Paul writes again in Galatians, the second chapter, I think I'm, I want. In Galatians chapter 2, when he was writing here, he says, uh, he says uh, verse 2, he says, um, he says uh, Galatians uh, chapter, uh, let me see, chapter 6, I want. Galatians, the sixth chapter. In verse 2, it says, uh, Paul was writing, he says, Bear ye one another's burden. He's brethren, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou be also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know what I learned to do in, in times past? I used to always pray for myself and, and you know, my needs. And I remember one time years ago when, and when I worked and I lost my job, I, I sat down, knelt down and I prayed and said, God, why did I lose my job? I need such a thing and I need all of this in my life. I need this, Lord. And I got a conviction in my heart. The Lord convicted me that why are you focusing on yourself? Why are you being so selfish? There's need to be focused on individuals in the church that has greater need. You might lose your job, but there are people that lost their marriage. People that lost loved ones. People are in a worse condition. And I turned my attitude, I changed my attitude around. We need to help one another more than ever. Time is short. We don't have a lot of time left in our hands. We need to focus on individuals. One here in church, ones that are in church, and ones that are outside. Let's pray that God would give us a burden for our souls. Do you know that there was a family in Corinth that Paul spoke about? Uh, uh, the house of Stephanus, was it? 
in 1 Corinthians, the, the 16th chapter of 1 Corinthians, when he talks about uh, there was a family that he was very, very pleased with. He says here in verse, uh, in chapter 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I think I need um, verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 15. He says here, he says, uh, verse, 15, verse 15 says, I beseech you, brethren, uh, I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruit of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. We look around today, there's different kind of addiction. Out in the world, there's drug addiction, there's alcohol addiction, you, you name it out there. There's addiction there. And we can come in, into the church and we can have addictions in the church. Not spiritual addictions, but we can be addicted. In the church, we can be addicted to laziness. Mm -hmm. uh, we can be addicted to lies and gossip and evil things. And sports could be an addiction and a child of God's life. But what the house of Stephanus, the entire house of this man was addicted to something. And they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. They look around and see where they were needed. So what has to be done? What needed to be done? And they got involved. May God continue to help us that we can be addicted to the things of God like this family was. Let our homes be involved in such a way, in, 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 in such, in such a, uh, exercises that we can see the needs that exist. Not only in the church, but we see outside. Someone come and they're in need. Let us show the kindness and the mercy and the grace Amen. of God. You know, God, uh, in, in Saul, um, uh, uh, Psalms, in Psalms, the, uh, the 18th chapter, David made a beautiful statement in Psalms chapter 18 when he talks about mercy. You know, we read the scripture, He shall have judgment without mercy, that it showed no mercy, for mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Well, hear what David said in, the, in this 18th chapter of uh, Psalms in verse 25 he says with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful with the upright thou wilt show thyself upright with the pure he says thou wilt show thyself pure and with the froward thou wilt show thyself froward may the Lord Open our hearts and our minds to understand the importance of being involved and committed to the work of the Lord. Have we gone cold in our, in our love for the Lord? Have we gone cold in our activities that we have done around the church and in the house of God? Have we been selfish? I think COVID-19 came at the right time when the Lord said he'll shake the heavens and he'll shake the earth. So that which cannot be shaken will remain. I pray every day that God would help me that my eyes would never go blind. That I would never ignore the needs that exist about me. Because God had showed me mercy. And he had showed me compassion. Mm -hmm. I need to extend that. Like the house of Stephanus. Extend their mercy and their grace one towards another. We are living in terrible times, saints. We are living in terrible times. Just imagine now if you're to lose... Someone that you love. I fear that every day of my life. I love my wife dearly. And some of you who know me know that I love my wife very dearly. And the greatest fear I have is if I am to go off the scene, what would happen to her? Sure. But my hope 
is not in the economy of this country. My hope is not what I have in the bank. My hope is not in the house that I have. My hope lies in the God who is in charge of everything. He controls everything. All power is in his hand. And we need to get to that place. We need to spend more time together. Praying together. Worshipping God together. Let's make full use of the worship service when the band plays. And sometimes he lead me by still waters. Sometimes dull pads. I do not know. Sometimes he lead me through the valley. But where he leads me. David said, here do I walk through a valley of the shadows of death. I will fear no evil, because I'm not alone, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. May God help us to understand the importance of every lesson that God has blessed us with in this church. And give our ears to that and never forget the things we have heard. Let at any time we'll slip away from God. Why don't we pray? Father, tonight we thank you for your mercy and your goodness. Thank you for speaking us, Lord, speaking to us through your word, giving us meat in due season. I pray, Father, that you'll help us in our humanity, in our stubbornness, in our fallen nature, to make the required changes in our lives. Oh, God, to seek you with all of our hearts and never ever to ignore the needs that exist around us. Help us, oh, Father, to be addicted to the things that you want us to be to be addicted to the serving of our saints and the people around us, O oh God, and to be having a strength and a communication and strong relationship with you, Father. Bless us as we go, God, as we commit our future. We don't know what lies ahead, what happens tomorrow, Lord. We are not sure, but God, we know that our future is in your hand and we commit our future in your hand tonight. We ask it in Jesus' most precious amen. and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for the service tonight. Thank God for the songs we sang. And may God help us. We want to receive our tithes and offering, pledges, whatever we have to support the work of the Lord tonight. God bless us in this offering. Amen.